Welcome back to the Worldview Minute. I'm Pastor Levi Secord. As we continue to unpack the Christian worldview as it applies to human sexuality, we saw last time the purposes to sex, to the one flesh union of male and female coming together that God has hardwired into reality. And now I want to unpack those so that we can talk about the importance, the weight that this has in our lives. There are a few things more important in your life and mine than how we live out our sexual ethic, how we conduct ourselves in this arena of life. There is power for great benefit, great building, great blessing, and great destruction right here. And we are gonna we're gonna unpack that here. So this is the importance of the one flesh union. The first reality we get from this is to have sex with a person is to become in some very real way objectively one with that person. Now having sex with someone doesn't mean you're married to them. Right? And marriage alone doesn't produce uh, the one flesh union. The design of God is that marriage would come and one, the one flesh union comes with that. But man has, has perverted God's call and has done lots of things he shouldn't have done. Sexual immorality we, has a weight to it that can either build you up or destroy you. And these warnings are found all over Scripture. So much of the first nine-ish chapters of the book of Proverbs is Solomon warning his sons about sexual fidelity. Don't go after the forbidden woman. Don't go after the prostitute. Don't do this. Don't do that. Uh, even when Israel strays into sin in her relationship with God, God refers to her as a prostitute or a harlot. Like Sexual sin brings destruction and sexual fidelity brings blessing. I want to, and that's true both individually and as a culture. The more perverse a culture becomes, the more it chews away at uh, its own foundations. Let's consider here uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 following. I'm not going to read it straight through, but there are little parts here and there. Paul writes, The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one with her? For it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. To have sexual intercourse with someone is to be united with them. And the more people you and do that with, the more people you are uniting yourself with, and the more you are sinning not only against them, but also against your own body. Sexual sin is unique in this, that you are sinning against yourself, your own body. And so we must see the importance and the weight of the one flesh union in our personal lives and ethic and futures. The more we unite ourselves to that which is not really ours, the less human we become, the more sinful and degraded we become. A second, the one flesh union produces the family. The joining of a man and woman was always meant to bring with it uh, the uh, children, the blessing of children. And as Christians, we are to see children not as a burden, not as something to be aborted in the womb, not as something that is keeping us from having our, our truest and best lives. Children are a blessing from the Lord. And God has a design here that the children are supposed to come after the marriage, after that one flesh union in a covenant marriage. And so 
Christians, and we should, we should note this, the one flesh union predates the family. Like it comes before it. So the husband and wife, in a very real way, are a priority that comes before the children. Now, that doesn't mean you neglect your children, but this is what comes for first. We can't put the, uh, the cart before the horse, as it were. And so, Christians should prioritize the one flesh union to the glory of God and for the benefit of the one flesh, uh, one flesh or for the benefit of the family. And so, parents, husbands and wives, you should or model for your children appropriate affection. Your children should know, Dad, that you love Mom fiercely, that you treat her different than any other woman. Uh, wives, your children should know that you love and respect your husband in a way you don't love and respect other men. And there should be a sense of, of warmth and comfort and stability from that union between a husband and wife, and the children should see this and thrive underneath it. Next, uh, the one flesh union predates or comes before culture. When God created man in his own image, he created them male and female. And after that, he gave them the goal of cultivating, that is culture, cultivating all of his creation. The family unit came before the development of culture. Husband, wife, and children are the foundation of culture building. It begins in the home. To put it in the most basic sense, the building block of society is the family. When the family is not doing well, society is not doing well. Every study you will look at will see that Homes without fathers in them, the children do far worse. They're far more likely uh, to commit suicide, to be depressed, to be imprisoned, to do all these terrible things than if the family unit is intact. Unhealthy families lead to unhealthy societies. Healthy families lead to healthy societies. Culture is built first in the home, and we must prioritize that. Next, the one flesh union also predates the government or the state. And we can talk about this. We'll talk about this more when we get to the Christian view of the state. But there are different spheres of authority. And at the head of each sphere of authority in life, there is a, there's a, a, an authority, right? So at the head of the church, we have pastors. At the head of the state, we have presidents or kings. At the head of the family, we have a husband. Now, all of these are underneath the lordship of Jesus Christ. But we should note that the family, Adam and Eve, children, came before the state did. Why is this important? Well, before there were kings, governors, senates, presidents, or prime ministers, there was the family. The family came before nations and government, and this means the authority in the home is a more foundational and fundamental authority than that of the state. Does this mean the state has nothing to say to the family? No, but the state has no power to redefine marriage or to redefine the family because those things came before the state did. Uh, fourth and finally, uh, the purpose of humanity revolves around this one flesh union. God created man. Man all by himself was incomplete, so he created female, and this is central to how God has designed the universe. Mankind as male and female are to go together and to exert God's dominion on his behalf, in his place, as his representative, and they are to multiply and subdue the earth through their children. In general, getting married and having a kid and having kids is part of what it means to serve God as a human, as an image bearer. God has always, from the very beginning, sought godly offspring. Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply, have offspring. Genesis 3.15, God promises an offspring from the woman who will crush the head of the serpent. Uh, you get to Genesis 12, 15, and 17 with Abraham. Abraham, your offspring will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand um, on the sea. And the sea. Like, what? Abraham, like, you're going to have so many children. God looks at um, David. He says, you're going to have an offspring who's going to sit on your throne uh, forever. These promises are then picked up 
and applied to the church in the book of Galatians that we are now offspring. Our Christ is the offspring of Abraham and now we are offspring of Abraham as heirs according to the promise by faith. God has always sought children, faithful children. And through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are adopted into that family and become faithful children of God. Getting married, having kids is a part of how we serve the Lord, build cultures, rebuild society. As our society is falling apart, one of the greatest things you can do, Christian, is get married, stay married, have kids, train them up in the knowledge and the admonition of the Lord, and build culture, build businesses, build schools, and show the world a better way forward. And it all starts with this, a family, a one flesh union, getting your sexual ethic right before God. So I encourage you to like, comment, and share this video. We're continuing to unpack the Christian worldview here, the Christian worldview, sorry, and we will apply it into all of life. We have a few more episodes here dealing with this idea of human sexuality.